everyone. Welcome to Adventures in Autism, episode 27. I am Megan Carranza. Thank you so much for coming to listen. If it's your first episode, welcome. So happy to have you. If you have been listening, thank you so much for coming back. Um, Today's episode is super exciting. It is with my first international guest. Yes, Adventures in Autism is international. (laughs) Um, We talk about this on the episode, but my guest is Kristen, and she is a fellow autism mama, and she's special for a couple reasons. Um, Number one, she lives in Australia, so we were recording this podcast very, very far apart. Uh, We had some some interesting times figuring out the the time zone with Australia and Chicago it sounds like it should be easy but for some reason it was it it ended up being more difficult than we thought so we recorded this it was five in the morning here for me and it was 10 at night for her Um, so I do sound like really tired especially in the beginning so forgive me Um, But yeah, so number one, she lives in Australia. Number two, she's my first guest who has a daughter, which I've had several listeners reach out and ask about that. And I, if you have a daughter with autism, hit me up because I have mostly had, I've only really had guests with, with sons and I am more than looking and would love to hear from all of you girl moms out there. And so, yeah, so she has a daughter. And then the last reason why she is so special is because she is the first listener ever to have reached out to me, like, right after I started the podcast. And I'll kind of get into that on the episode. But basically, Kristen is amazing. Um, And we have a really, a really great conversation that I hope you enjoy listening to. Um, so without further ado, here is my conversation with Kristen. Hi, Kristen. Welcome to Adventures in Autism. Hi, Megan. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. Um, so everyone can hear your accent now. So <laughs> tell everyone where you are. <laughs> I'm from Sydney, Australia. Yay. So Kristen is my, my first international guest um but I have to give a little backstory because she is actually the the very first listener (laughs) uh, that ever had reached out to me when I was first starting the podcast um I had I wanted to get a few episodes recorded before I really like launched it Mm -hmm. so I had recorded um, a few episodes on the app Anchor, which is what we're using to record right now. Uh, and I had actually like published them, but I hadn't told anybody. I hadn't even, I told like a couple of friends and like my immediate family. Like it was really, it was not something I was like putting out there yet. So I had no idea that people were like, really, anybody could find it at that point. Um, and then one, one day I woke up and I had a voice message on the anchor app because <laughs> this was before I had the email set up or like any of the, you know, social media accounts. And it was from Kristen and the, the tagline said, hello from Australia. And I was like, what? I'm like, somebody, first of all, anyone is listening to my podcast and she's in Australia. Like, <laughs> I, I I couldn't believe it. It was the kindest, the, the sweetest voice message just saying how you really like the show and you really appreciate it. And then I ended up giving you the, I voice messaged you back and I gave you the email. Yeah. We've been yeah. in communication. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's so crazy that, I mean, it's, it's such a, it's, it's such a great time that we live in that we're able to connect with people you know who are literally across the world so if I sound delirious it's it's 5 a.m here <laughs> in Chicago um I, I just woke up and then for Kristen it's it's 10 p.m in Sydney so we are and it's like different days too because it's Friday just started here but it's almost Saturday for you so yeah I'm technically in the future <laughs> you are you live in the future Kristen <laughs> You are just like so so cool. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna kind of let you take over then and sort of 
detail for us um, your journey. I mean, I, you've told me a little bit. I am excited because you are the first mom that I've had on who has a daughter with autism. Yeah. I've spoken so far to, uh, you know, parents with sons. So it, it'll be interesting to hear that perspective. So if you will just kind of take us back to sort of the beginning of your journey, that'd be great. Yeah. Well, um, this will definitely test my memory bank. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, so let's just start off when she was born. Her, my daughter's name is Michaela. Mm-hmm. Um, she's named after her dad, Michael. Um, oh. He was born on 25th of July, 2012, and um, by a cesarean. And it was actually a voluntary cesarean because I was actually quite traumatised with my first delivery, my first uh, delivery of my first child. Um, it was like a 27-hour labor <laughs> oh wow so I was really traumatized from that and I thought you know what I got the choice to have a cesarean I'm gonna take it and they allowed me so I thought okay let's do it and um it was just like the smoothest sailing labor delivery ever <laughs> you know <laughs> just in, you know and they do their thing and then she's there she's born <laughs> and, yeah it was just so easy and um yeah I just remember her crying and yeah it was just the happiest moment and I mean I'll go back a bit I mean she's also um the first my first daughter and also the first granddaughter of my side of the family so my mom's super super happy to find (laughs) out and um yeah there she was she was born and I remember her she was just just so perfect like she was just the cutest thing Mm-hmm. And literally reminded me of a dumpling. <laughs> <laughs> she was shiny and round and fat. And <laughs> she was a dumpling. Like she was, that was the nickname we gave her. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. And so she was born and, you know, we were just happy. We had a boy and a girl. Things were perfect. And um, yeah, it's just throughout her growing up, everything seemed fairly normal you know, and um, I always remember her to be very smiley. She was always happy, you mm-hmm. know, she she was she was quiet, you know, like she mm-hmm. just but was always a happy child. She slept well, she ate well. Um, yeah, I mean, not, there was nothing really to just that stood out, like she was just perfect. So like in the early toddler years, you didn't have any kind of red flags or anything that no um I mean the thing was like um I don't know I mean like throughout her milestones everything seemed fairly normal Mm -hmm. um she was scrolling sitting up and yeah walking at about a year or so and yeah and then um just I'm just trying to think like um yeah she was just always just a happy child Mm -hmm. um I'm just trying to think of the flags. I mean, and when she was pretty much going to daycare, mm-hmm. um, I was a bit concerned because she she started going to daycare at about 18 months. And at that point, she still wasn't really talking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, and it just blows my mind just looking back at it. I, me and my husband were just totally relaxed. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't... <laughs> you know and uh, and just looking back at it now I'm thinking is it because you know because both me and my husband are both quite quiet people mm-hmm. not huge talkers and so we thought well maybe she's just got the trait maybe she's just not a huge talker you know and um so we didn't really was hugely concerned and so when she entered daycare it was a little bit worrying because you know she wasn't able to communicate whether she was thirsty or you know whether she needed something so that was a worry for us mm-hmm. um it was mainly her way of communicating was mainly through gestures like grunting or you mm-hmm. know pulling someone's hand you know directing them where to go and that yeah. sort of thing um and she'd say a few words here and there like she would say mama or dada um and she didn't really say yes or no consistently like she would 
probably <laughs> she would jump up and down if she wants something like yes mm-hmm. or scream and have a tantrum if she doesn't want anything mm-hmm. and so that was a way of communicating um and then as, as days went on at daycare um it was the educators that really were concerned um because they said to me oh she doesn't seem to be sitting down for long periods of time during you know circle time or group time you know and she just seems to just sort of wander off and do her own thing um and she just sort of like fleet from one activity to the next she wouldn't sort of stay for as long period of time and I mean and it was really hard because you know we want her to learn we want her to learn as much as she as she should at daycare and on top of that make some friends as well like she seems to kind of do a lot of things on her own mm-hmm. as well she wouldn't really kind of take part in group activities and mm-hmm. yeah and so that sort of stuff kind of bothered us but then again you know being relaxed parents we were, we, we didn't really sort of took took it as serious as we should have um until you know the educator said you know we're actually having some speeches and OTs come by to the center and observe the children and 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 we thought okay it's a free service Mm -hmm. (laughs) why not (laughs) yeah (laughs) um and so they did that and I think it was we're just sort of looking back at it now was mainly their way of kind of stepping in for Mm -hmm. us because we were just so relaxed about the whole thing and it's just their kind way of saying you know maybe she should be observed so we went for it and then, um, yeah, they, they sort of said the same thing. She doesn't sort of, you know, stay in long periods of time in group settings. She doesn't re- consistently respond to her name as well, being called. Um, yeah, and so I thought, okay, well, maybe I should, you know, consider a speechy. That's when I thought, okay, I'll go to the GP and, you know, get her speechy. And then they even said, well, well, maybe. Sorry, because obviously there's there's things that are going to be different in Australia. And I just find it interesting. So you, you mm. guys call it like a speech therapist, a speech E? Oh, no, no, no. It's still still a speech therapist. I just, sorry. Uh, I just <laughs> call it by name. It's oh. a short, it's like a nickname. Sorry. Gotcha. No. I was like, oh, like what, was that like a speech educator? And it's like, I don't know. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And then you just you just said like the G E or something. Oh G P like- general practitioner. It's oh. a it's like doctor. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um just like different different, you know, Australian speak, which I think is really cool, but I just want to clarify. <laughs> no, that's no, okay. Okay. Um yeah. So we thought, okay, I'll I'll take her to a speechy because at that point I was also very concerned because because um she because she wasn't talking mm-hmm. um she wasn't able to get her message across she would get frustrated and so the behaviors started occurring you know she would have the tantrums and she would start hitting or yelling or just being defiant just a lot more mm-hmm. because understandably if you can't be understood you know that's just normal mm-hmm. um yeah so i went to the gp got the referral and um so we saw her first speechy um, when was that? She was probably about two, just over two. And, um, yeah, and so far everything was going well with Speechy, but the, the thing was my only concern was when I walked in the Speechy's office is her office. <laughs> like it was small and there was just like this this office table there and a chair in front of it. And so it's kind of like almost just like a, an office. It wasn't really a proper huge place for a kid to run around. And, you know, it was mm-hmm. almost quite formal. <laughs> and and I was thinking, do you expect her to sit down for half an hour doing activities with you? <laughs> a bit of a battle um, just to sort of get her to sort of be engaged in the activities that the speech he was trying to do with her and it was just 30 minutes and usually 30 minutes goes quick, but it just seemed like really long for her. 
And, but yeah, it's just the setting of the office just wasn't working out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought, okay, well, you know, she's the expert. Let's just try and persist with this. Just give it a try. And um, yeah. And so I thought, okay, well, yeah, we'll just go with it. And, um, and then it was just, yeah, there wasn't huge flags still around that point. I was just mainly concerned about her speech. We were just so fo- focused on her speech because she wasn't talking. And we thought as soon as we get this, you know, um, sorted, I guess, then it'll sort of cause a ripple effect with everything else. You know, her behaviours would improve and all that stuff and her learning will, will improve. But, um, yeah, and then it was just um, a, th- there was one time I particularly remember is when we were in the toy room and I, I noticed Michaela started, her eyes started to roll back. Um, and I thought that is just really strange. And then it was only probably for a few seconds, probably two seconds or three seconds max. And I thought, what's going on there? And then, um, and I thought, okay, well, it's just that one moment, but then, it happened again, probably a day or two later. And it happened sort of more and more as the days went on. I thought, okay, this is something, there's something wrong. And that was the huge red flag for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, there's just got to be something more that's going on is other than this speech. And then that's when I worried. And that's when I went to the GP and the GP said, okay, yep, we'll refer you to see a paediatrician. And so we saw our paediatrician and I mentioned about the eye rolling and then she referred Michaela to go for an EEG scan. And then I had no idea what an EEG scan was until we got to the office, (laughs) sorry, to the the hospital um, where they attached the wiring on their head and you know, it's attached to a computer and they measure the brain waves. Mm-hmm. And they, the way it worked is that they had a flashing light just flashing at Michaela. And so I had her on my lap and, you know, she was on an iPad and she was really, really good during, during the process. And it was probably for about half an hour that it went for. And, yeah, and a few days later we got the results. And the uh, the pediatrician and she said, yeah, the EEG scans came abnormal, and just the brain waves just came ab- uh, back as abnormal. And then I thought, okay, so what does that mean? And she goes, it just indicates that she's had absent seizures. So, oh wow, yeah. And and I said, what's that? I, I know the word seizure. Mm-hmm. I always thought seizures when you collapse and you fall down, you have the fit. Mm-hmm. But then she called absent seizures, and absent seizures is, thankfully, I guess, um, the most mild form of epilepsy, which is almost like you just blank out. You just sort of, you know, you just stare or something. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's yeah, just the mild, mildest form of epilepsy. And I even asked the the pediatrician because I was just had no idea what it was it's like it's a form of epilepsy isn't it and she goes yes yes it is and that's when I thought okay you know I got I don't know I felt quite numb Mm -hmm. you know with that it's scary yeah and um so she said okay so what we're gonna do is that we're gonna we're, we're gonna um have some medication for her and so, um, yeah, we gave her this um, oral medications, anti-epileptic uh, oral liquid that we give to her morning and night. And she still take it, takes it till this day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's supposed to help connect um, pretty much the wiring of the brain so that she has less seizures and eventually as she grows up, you know, the dosage will go become less and less and then eventually after some review and more EEG scans, if it confirms that she has seizure-free, um, then she can be off the medication. And 
yeah so there was that was that <laughs> now and then did did anybody bring up autism or were you just focused on like the seizures and yeah well the the pediatrician also mentioned about because she was also observing Michaela and how she was interacting and all that stuff like she was still not talking she was still not giving much eye contact and she was just observing her and noticing these behaviors and that's when she referred me to see a clinical psychologist as well and I didn't know what a clinical psychologist did and (laughs) she said go for a formal developmental cognitive assessment and I still don't know what that meant (laughs) I'm like okay let's just go with the flow you're the expert (laughs) and I sound really really dumb like you know I just no it's I mean for for most parents this is not something that it's definitely not something that you expect to deal with and it's not something that is like common knowledge if you're not like with that's it like you don't know what you don't know absolutely the thing was I I don't have anyone in my family who's had autism Mm -hmm. or any friends with kids that have autism honestly my only knowledge at the time of autism is through tv is because kids can't look at you in the eye and that's all I knew and I thought oh that's that's okay I guess you know and but anyway it wasn't even in my mind this whole process at the time when she said go see a clinical psychologist and refer you know get a you know assessment and so we saw a clinical psychologist and she did the assessment and um yeah and it's just um yeah it was just it was really hard. It was um, just trying to think back. Um, yeah, so when you it was, for, it was, quite, it was you- just quite overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I saw the report. It was like 10 pages. Yeah. It was 10 pages. It was just all just gobbledygook of yeah. just words. Of just, <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm having a hard time just trying to sort of know what's happening, you know, and – and and the thing was as well, like it was just hard to grasp. Like it was just, it, it, it's it was hard to grasp what was going on because, other than my with things with my daughter, I was having issues with, you know, with family and you know we've had deaths in the family. We've had I've had a rocky part of uh, my relationship at the time as well, and so I think. I don't know. I was just really slow to process everything because I was just simply overwhelmed, mm-hmm. not only with my daughter, but with everything else. And so just looking at this assessment, I was just like, where do I start? And and it was weird, like, because I've been hearing your podcast and I've been hearing the other ladies saying, you know, when they speak to this, the specialist, they confirm to you that, oh, your child has autism. Yeah, because like the the paperwork was just so overwhelming and there was just so many of these medical words that I couldn't understand like I didn't know honestly I didn't know what was going on I thought my overall impression of it is that my daughter was just slow my was my, my daughter was just a bit delayed delayed yeah yeah and the word autism didn't really sort of come up until it was on paper and I saw that and um and that's when I questioned it, and um, and I, I don't know. I just feel like I was just so dumb. I was just so, just just really just clueless with what was going on, and no one sort of came up to me and told me the gravity of it all. Um, they were just very kind of like. I mean, not to be disrespectful to them, but it was just they were very subtle <laughs> with the whole thing. Like, um, and I and I even sort of uh, I remember asking um, the clinical psychologist, um, "Would she would she grow out of it?" <laughs> you know. No, I think that's a total. If you're not familiar with autism, I remember thinking the same thing like back in before Logan was diagnosed and thinking like yeah like okay well when when is this gonna go away like when is it and then yeah 
that autism is something that doesn't go away. And I think that is, I mean, I've had other moms say that too, where it's just like, if you're not familiar with it, then you don't know. Yeah. And that's what I asked. I was like, would she grow out of it? Would she, like, uh, something along the the lines of, would she be cured? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, you know, the clinical psychologist said, no, like it's, it's in her brain. It's, it's just how the brain is is wired mm-hmm. and and that's when it it hit me like um and I felt like I felt numb I felt everything else was just really a blur and and just sort of like uh, listening back to the podcast as well it's like you know you had your moments of like you've gotten gone home and you cried and mm-hmm. you know you know you well cried with your husband and or your partner and I didn't do that I I honestly I can't remember I can't remember a time where me and my husband sat down together and cried it out like it was just sort of like okay this is this is what's happening tell us what to do and we'll do it and yeah and so and I think, I think we're still trying to sort of figure things out. <laughs> I mean, as you do, like we're still trying to figure things out on what to do. Um, I think that you yeah. didn't cry together or like that you didn't cry because, because you were numb and you were like shutting down your emotions or were you, are you just like not emotional and you're like, okay, move forward. No, no, definitely emotional. I just, I think it, we were just numb. We were just, I mean, first there was the epilepsy, you know, that was hard enough for us. And now it was, you know, ASD and we just like, you know, thinking what happened, what, like what caused this? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, there was just that period of what happened. We were just questioning. Yeah. I mean, you definitely feel like the, just the rug has been pulled out from under you. Yeah, and, you know, throughout all this time, people pushing me, see, uh, go see an OT, go see Speechy, and then I just, even when people suggested to me, go see an OT, I'm like, what does an OT do? (laughs) 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 You know, yeah, I was just that clueless, like, because never in your, you know, wildest dreams that you have a child and this is the first thing you think about, you know, like, you, you just assume that you're, you give birth to a perfect baby, you know, and you wouldn't even think about disability. You only really think about it during the pregnancy scan, right? Like the, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it's just. Well, especially with autism because it isn't, you know, they like will refer to it as an invisible disability because especially when you're, when you, like you were saying, when your child is a baby, you you really wouldn't know. I mean, I have heard I have heard some people say that you know, as a baby, like their child is really fussy or mm. like something to that effect. But I mean, it's it's not something you see right away, you know. So you you are kind of like living in this little dream world, like oh everything's great, and mm. then all of a sudden, like things start to shift. And like you said, yeah. you're kind of like, what happened? Like I yeah. I had this perfect little baby. I remember mm-hmm. saying to a friend of mine once, not before Logan was actually diagnosed, but it was like, we, we knew at that point what we were dealing with and kind of like where we were going, but he was still pretty young. Um, I think it was like after he had started speech and OT with early intervention. And mm-hmm. I, I literally said to her, I'm like, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> like yeah. I signed up yeah. for, a, you know, a baby. And I'm like, yeah. I did not know that I was going to be dealing with like, you know, developmental issues and delays which it's I mean it sounds terrible now but it was like that was how I felt like I was like wait a minute like where did all this come from yes yeah and then yeah next thing you know that my pediatrician texted me saying come come back to the office and I need to see you and bring a USB <laughs> and I'm like okay and the reason for the USB is because she had to forward me all these documents I had to fill up. Oh, yeah. your USB. Oh. Okay. Yes. Yeah. All these documents I had to fill up, all these, you know, you know, 
supportive documents as well for me and how we're going to cope with everything and, yeah, just a whole heap of stuff and application for funding as well. Um, and so I did all that and we, we got the funding and I used the funding to finally get an OT. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's just and, – and after the diagnosis as well, I had to speak with our current speechy and you wouldn't believe what she said is that, yeah, you, sorry, this is not my area. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, because she noticed that Michaela was kind of disconnecting, mm-hmm. you know. Um, she did notice that. And that's when I actually confirmed to her that she had ASD. She's like, yeah, this is not my area. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I kind like, of knew oh. like, she didn't really kind of had the right setting. She didn't really sort of was picking up that she just was not connecting. Well, she just didn't know how to handle her meltdowns when they happened. Mm-hmm. And so I had a new speechy which had background knowledge of uh, children with ASD and, you know, found a few good speeches out there, which was good. But uh, I don't know whether it's, a, you know, the same in America, but I find speeches, they tend to come and go. Like, yeah, like well, I literally probably went to, through three speeches um because they either left or moved on or yeah it was just really frustrating because there just wasn't that consistency with Michaela and um dealt with that with like all areas of therapy there's been some some level of like coming and going with 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 OT with with ABA I mean like we throughout this whole process we've been through many many therapists (laughs) yeah yeah and, um, yeah, and her OT was really good. It was, um, you know, they were able to help her with her meltdowns. It was just, yeah, her meltdowns is what's challenging right now. And, um, yeah, it was just, she's actually quite as pleasant as she looks <laughs> as well. If you see her in a photo, she's just adorable. She's just, yeah, she she's an apple in everyone's eye and, at school at the moment because she's tiny she's probably not even 15 kilos she's almost seven (laughs) um so yeah she's tiny and she's quite the feisty one as well (laughs) and um she'll definitely let you know when she's just not in the mood and Mm. and yeah it's just the challenges at the moment we're facing is her her aggressive behavior she's biter (laughs) she's she's a bit of a biter um she's bit the baby a few times (laughs) um yeah that was pretty hard that was really hard um yeah because she tends to bite um out of excitement or whether she's tired okay so it's not even that she's biting because she's upset no not really she's just when she's super excited she just lunges and bites um, so we're kind of dealing with that at the moment, but, um, yeah, she's, she's quite the feisty one. Um, and gosh, where am I up to? Okay. <laughs> I've well, lost sort of lost track. No, no, you're okay. I was wondering though. So what was her, how old was she when she was actually diagnosed then? She was probably, that was about August, 2016. Um, gosh, um, July. So she was like Close four. Okay, three. Okay. Oh no, sorry. Yeah, you're right. Four. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Where were you? Um, born in 2012, and Logan was born in 2012. So that's why I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Um. Uh. Yeah. So she was close to close to four. Um. When she was diagnosed. Um. Yeah. And so yeah, we. Uh, I, honestly, after that diagnosis, it was just it's been a whirlwind. Literally, I've I just been so busy with juggling OT, juggling speechy, seeing the clinical psychologist, seeing the neurologist. Um, it was just so much work. And I was also working at the time as well. And so I've had to cut back on my hours and, yeah, attend these therapies. And, and she, yeah, I mean, there was progress during that time it was slow um I mean yeah it was just 
I don't know. It was just, it was just really hard just to juggle everything. I was just so overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and then came uh, early intervention. We had to, the pediatrician recommended she goes to early intervention just to get her prepared for school. And um, that was really, really good because it was a proper setting. It was a proper setting for children under the spectrum because, you know, they use those PEX cards that she right. used, she's been using. Um, and there was other children there that were also under the spectrum. And there was about probably only six kids in the class and two teachers. And so it was just perfect. It was just, she was enjoying it so much. And it was, however, it was only about, three days a week at probably only for two hours at mm-hmm. a time but it was it was good you know it was just um a good start for her just to sort of get familiar with the school setting and you know teaching them to pack away their things and all that stuff and just yeah preparing them and yeah and I think that pretty much takes us to now that's like she started kindy early this year and she's in a support class as well and same setting it's like six kids two teachers as a, a assistant teacher there and yeah I mean I think she pretty much settled in really nicely like she she enjoys school a lot um I mean there's there's still a few meltdowns in class every now and then um, um, but the thing was like in class, the teacher has what they call the sad chair. If she was to have a meltdown, then like, okay, Michaela, you can go sit on the sad chair if you like, have a break, you know? And sometimes, you know, she would even take herself there, you know, <laughs> it's oh. like, I've had enough. I'm going to go <laughs> have my space. And yeah, so she, she knows like where to go sad chair when I'm feeling the overwhelmed yeah <laughs> I feel like um, leave me alone <laughs> yeah exactly yeah I mean the, the other kids the other kids use the chair as well and right. so everyone has the sad chair okay um yeah. <laughs> that's sweet um, yeah Tell me, um now okay so is, is she still is she still nonverbal, or does she have words and you said she uses packs yeah she well, the thing was, it's not officially PECS. It's something that I pretty much set up myself. It, it, I actually personalized it oh. with familiar pictures. You're a pioneer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so there's a lot of uh, editing. There was a lot of cutting, pasting, and laminating. <laughs> but um, it was worth it. Like, she seemed to really engage with using PECS. Mm-hmm. Um, it hasn't really sort of been used consistently. Um but I mean, yeah, I mean, it was just, um, yeah, she, she's kind of fleets still every now and then, but, um, but with her words, like she, she's getting there. She's only recently just started using sentences over the course of probably last three months. That's incredible. Um, Yeah, it is. It's definitely, it's definitely good. Like, just to hear her just talk but like um it's it's not still not clear it's it's mm-hmm. because she's also been diagnosed with speech dyspraxia which okay um yeah do you know what that is I do but explain it because if somebody listening doesn't um it's basically connecting the brain to the mouth it's um it's it's slower for the brain to connect physically to the mouth to move like Mikhail exactly knows what to say in her brain but it's slower to process the word out of her mouth and so it just comes out kind of broken like for instance she would not say the last letter of a word or she would replace the first letter of a word with something else like you know if she was to say cat she would say cat instead Uh and water war war she would say war war mm-hmm. yeah and <laughs> her favorite word is toy she would okay. say foy so because i know what that word is but mm-hmm. you know anyone else wouldn't know what it is yeah, it's almost that's... like kind of like baby talk like when a baby first starts talking yeah, and first, yeah like, i mean yeah 
and and you understand it perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> but anybody yeah. else is like, what? And you're like, you don't understand. Yeah. And well, the way that her OT pretty much um, described her level of development, I guess, is um, she's pretty much a, like a three-year-old in a six-year-old's body. Okay. You know, like just that mentality and just the way she talks as well but yeah so that's what she's got speech dyspraxia and that's only just literally been diagnosed this year as well it's because I noticed when she sorry no I was gonna say it's funny you say that because that is something that I have been thinking about um looking into for Logan because I know that is becoming more and more like popular not popular but just common that kids with autism are getting that kind of secondary diagnosis of apraxia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I do notice her tongue is curled when she's talking um, and her bottom jaw protrudes out when she talks as well. So it, it's something that I'm definitely going to be working on a lot over the next, well, I don't know how long, but like I'm going to be focusing focusing on that a lot because it is affecting her words Mm -hmm. you know she has the intention to talk and yeah and and she has had a few sentences like you know out of nowhere she said I made a ball (laughs) and I'm like oh my gosh that's I know and you know uh the other day she would say um you know we're in the car and I didn't have an iPad and she just goes but I want to play. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Mickey, but I don't have your iPad. I just went along with it. It's like, you know. Exactly. Like, like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I know. In my mind, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, and That's just incredible. just as a way, like, yeah, she's just, she's beginning. The words are coming out. You know, the sentences, the confidence is coming out, which is so great. And, but the thing is, though, I mean, like, she wouldn't sort of, talk out of command if you were to say to her I'll say this sentence you know she wouldn't really sort of say it right (laughs) like she just sort of burst out words randomly um when especially you know as kids there when there's a motivator (laughs) they'll talk (laughs) Logan is Um, the same way because we can get him to um like he, he uses his packs really well and he will like kind of put together like sentences now with his packs which is great um yeah. and he will like when we prompt him he will at least make an approximation for something but then like you said he has had these kind of random moments where he just like busts out not like a huge sentence but um like the other day they told me at school he kept telling people which is funny he, he said go away <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny that he was and they were like he was saying it like purposefully but also in times too yeah. when it wasn't yeah. appropriate because I think he was realizing like oh I can say this and it's stuff like that where I'm like oh my gosh like yeah. what what is in there that we just haven't yeah. do yet you know? I know yeah that's right and I honestly just speak to her normally I know she understands what I'm saying mm-hmm. you know um Every now and then I'd have to kind of slow it down or simplify it. Um, and like even just, yeah, just the self-help stuff is a bit challenging. The toileting, mm-hmm. as you mentioned with your son Logan, like it's the same with me. Oh, my God. It's just, uh, yeah, she she would, you know, wet her pants and just sort of walk around and mm-hmm. until she feels like telling me that, oh, yeah, I need to go to the toilet. And then I find out she's already gone. <laughs> And, um, yeah. yeah, that's just, yeah. It's, and I think for my theory anyways with the toileting is because she's always constipated. That's an that's issue. a really common issue also for kids yeah. on the spectrum is just gastro issues in general. Yeah. yeah, and she loves her carbs. It's just, oh, it doesn't help because, like, she just loves the carbs and that just makes it worse. Mm-hmm. And so you know, we, we try to sort of, like, give her some, like, Oh, I don't know whether you're familiar with the parachoc. No. Oh, okay. It's it's just a liquid. It's just chocolate flavored liquid, and it's basically um, helps loosen the stools. Okay. Um, yeah. So that helps every now and then, but it's more of a medication than anything natural. But 
yeah, it's just uh, that's my theory anyway. It's just the constipation that kind of um, yeah prevents that it from. Sense. I mean, it's probably it's probably kind of everything all all together because I mean, yeah, it's like you said when she first got the the EEG. I mean, autism is is the brain, you know, going at a, working in a different way. It's processing things differently. So we're like me, you know, you or me, if we wet our pants, we would be uncomfortable. We wouldn't like that. So, you know, we'd want to figure something out to remedy that situation. But when you Mm -hmm. have autism, it's like, you don't process things that way. Cause Logan is the same way. He could, he could like wet his pants or even like there's times when he'll, he'll like, you know drink a water cup or something he'll spill water everywhere and most people would be like well I want to change my shirt he would be totally fine to like sit in that wet shirt like does not that does not even face him at all so it's it's just like figuring out you know what it is that kind of drives them and like you said finding out those motivators which is definitely a challenge yeah right but it's um, so yeah. interesting because it is so so different for every kid. And I remember when we first, when you first emailed me, you were like, "Oh, there's there's so many kind of similarities in our stories." Um, and just listening to you, there mm. there are so many similarities. Yeah, the that's thing right. Saying about like you know, just kind of like the the early days and not having a clue. That's exactly how I felt. Um, and then just like as, as things kind of went on and what was coming out um, it, and just, just that, those feelings of, of being so like taken aback by the whole situation. I, I totally, I totally mm-hmm. can relate to that. Um, it's yeah, it's, it's so interesting how we all have such, the stories are different and yet like they're, they're linked. There's, there's some similarities that you just yeah. can't. I mean, that's why I didn't really hesitate to reach out to you because I because I've been listening to other podcasts and they're all you know really good but yeah I mean they're all very medical and just really formal and it was just really refreshing to see a podcast that was just you know just day-to-day moms talking about yeah just what they're going through you know and yeah yeah and I, I literally just felt like yeah just yeah, just listening to you, your first podcast, I just felt like I had to reach out to you. <laughs> um, yeah, and so, and the thing was, it's strange because, like, I don't normally openly talk about this stuff to any of well, my friends. You, you know? When you first reached out and I was like, oh, my gosh, we have to get you the podcast. And you were like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I just didn't expect to be contacted back so so soon and it was just like oh my gosh what did I get myself into <laughs> um so but like a yeah. couple months or not not well it's only been out for a couple months but it was like a little while after then because I'm like okay I'm not gonna push it I'm like I'm gonna let her come to me <laughs> and then you emailed me again you were like okay I've been listening and I think I'm ready um <laughs> so I, I'm that's so admirable of you you know because I I mean I am like such an open book but I know there are people that aren't <laughs> So, but I really, I appreciate it so much because I think that there's, I'm sure there's somebody listening who is feeling the same way. And they're like, I, I don't, you know, this is not comfortable for me to talk about this stuff, but listening to you is going to make them feel more comfortable. Yeah, it certainly does. And I have been listening to other, to other ladies and yeah, it's just really comforting. It really is just to hear other people's stories and what they're going through. And yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just a good feeling. And yeah, it's also just really inspirational with just the level of strength that they have mm-hmm. for, you know, to support their kids. I totally, so, yeah. I know. I mean, it's again, it's why, why I started this because I just, I wasn't able to find something like this. And like you said, I yeah. wanted to just hear kind of the day to day, because again, you do feel, you do feel isolated and you feel like you're yeah. the only person who's dealing with these things when in reality mm-hmm. they're there's so many of us that are dealing with these things so just yeah and uh, and that's right and honestly it's just learning from this it's like and just advice to other moms out there is just don't hesitate to ask for help don't hesitate Mm -hmm. to question things whether they're just so little you know 
and there's so much help out there and just to act on it you know I was just so blasé and just too relaxed about (laughs) my daughter's development you know because I was thinking maybe she was the same as my son because my son is speech delayed as well but he started talking when he was about close to three and I thought oh she's going through the same thing oh yeah I mean seriously and whether just as little as anything just reach out for help yeah I always say to people whether it's you know a a physical delay or like a speech delay or anything you know getting getting therapy is only going to help them there's there's nothing that you know would 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 harm them with with just reaching out and just kind of figuring on another like kind of mom's group recently and there was a mom talking about how I think her daughter was like maybe 10 months old and she wasn't crawling yet and she said that yeah she said the pediatrician had recommended for them to start um physical therapy and she was like I don't know I just feel like so so weird about going right to physical therapy and there were some people who were commenting and sort of saying like yeah like just follow your instinct like if you think she's okay then don't worry about it and I was like okay I'm like I'm gonna chime in here you know as this is not like a special needs parenting but Mm -hmm. I'm like I'm like her getting physical therapy whether whether she has an actual issue or not it's it's all it's gonna do is is help her and if if she doesn't have an issue great but if she does Mm -hmm. you've gotten started and I think that it's as it is hard to you know obviously accept the 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 truth sometimes that you know that these are the things that our kids are dealing with um but in the end you're you're only helping your child by by you know looking into things and getting them therapy Mm. and and it's it's just it's I know you know that but it's just interesting how just that school of thought kind of has to change in this process you have to let go of your ego (laughs) Mm. and uh just do the best thing for your child yeah that's right yeah absolutely and yeah there is so much support out there I mean Honestly, it can be a little bit overwhelming with the amount of support out there. But, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's definitely, definitely so important. I mean, like, I mean, I still worry till this day. I still worry till this day about how is she going to be when she goes to high school? You know, how is she going to be if there was to be people out there that would bully her or stuff like that? How is she going to deal with that, you know? And because she's also a, a girl, you know, like, with boys and you know just sort of like god how are they gonna treat her or how yeah just stuff like that I just I mean it's it's stupid just to think that far ahead but you know you can't think that way you know and yeah I mean yeah it's just just take it a day at a time and yeah it's just really just sort of like appreciate those moments where you know she just blurt and said I made a ball yeah (laughs) Yeah, and and yeah I mean she's definitely improving with her um like her speech and her learning and we know it's there it's definitely there you know it's just just takes a lot of patience just takes a lot of a lot more effort it does on our side so and yeah like pulling out pulling out those little pieces you know one one at a time and and stringing them all together um but I mean it it sounds like she is she's doing so well the fact that she's like you know coming out with these sentences that's just that's incredible that makes me so happy to hear yeah I mean uh forgot also forgot to mention she's also learning keyword sign not sure if you're familiar is that like like sign language to like yeah, but it's mainly, yeah, yeah. She's learned keyword sign as well, and she seemed to respond to that. Like, she knows the basics of keyword sign, which is good. I actually went to a workshop as well to learn more words, and I got the daycare people involved <laughs> as oh, well. I arranged a workshop at the daycare for them to learn keyword sign for not only my daughter, but to benefit the other kids as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. That's awesome. We use sign yeah. like 
back when we first started um therapy with Logan like speech therapy and early intervention and at first he took to it really well and then he decided he did not want to do sign and he just like refused to do it (laughs) okay (laughs) Um, but he does really well with the pecs so it's like that is but kind of like you said though we we have like the actual pecs that are you know like the little pictures Mm. and pecs but then his therapists have made him if there's like a certain item or something kind of like what you were saying they will literally just like take a picture and make that into his pack so he can just give that to us um because you can I mean kind of work the way that you you need to and sort of change things up as you go um and for what like he relates back to yeah that's right yeah um well Kristen I've had such a great time talking to you and I'm so glad we finally connected yeah <laughs> so sorry that it's five o'clock on your side to get in touch with me but I do appreciate that <laughs> no I appreciate it for you too no that's okay this was actually worked out perfectly I told you I I my my kids are up pretty early anyway so <laughs> that is crazy you said Logan's at, up at seven o'clock oh no Lo, his his bus comes to pick him his up. bus comes at seven yeah that is crazy i'm not even up at seven. <laughs> oh my god no my kids especially they are or i am i am like i would sleep till like noon if i was left to my own devices but my my kids are like early riser he wasn't always like wow. that maybe he slept so well and then as he got older yeah. he's creeping earlier so and earlier. he'll probably be awake no? Oh, he's yeah. I'm sure my husband's here. I'm sure he's already awake with him. Yeah. I'm I'm in the basement, so I don't even know what's going on upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. It's a lovely way to start my day. Um, and I just I have to say again, thank you so much for being the first person to reach out to me because I like before before I really put this out there. I mean, I was hoping that people would listen and it would resonate, but I mean, you have just have no idea. And when I got that, that first voicemail from you, I can't even tell you like how just amazing that made me feel because I was like, oh my gosh, like somebody is listening and like, this is, this is doing exactly what I wanted it to do. Um, and it was just amazing. And you are just a delight to talk to. Oh, thanks. And I'm, I'm, you know, makes me happy that, yeah, my message has really made you happy. So it did. Well, it made me happy because I like, kind of like what you were saying, you, you've been listening to the other guests that have come on yeah. and you're learning from them. And it's like, that's, that's what I wanted. I just wanted this kind of, you know, community, this network of, of parents and therapists and just these real conversations that I, mm-hmm. I feel like we we don't get enough of. No, I agree completely. So I'm really thankful, yeah, to be part of your podcast. Oh, well, I'm thankful to have you. All right, Kristen. Well, thank you again. And we will, we will keep in touch. You're going to be my Australian pen pal. <laughs> <laughs> it's an honor. <laughs> thank you, Kristen. All righty. You take- All right, you have a good rest of your day. You too. Have a good night because you're going to bed. Yes, I'm going to bed. Okay. All right. See ya. Bye. Okay. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with Kristen. I love her accent and I could just listen to her talk all day. <laughs> um, and like I said before we started, she is just very special in, in many, many ways. Um, I loved hearing from someone with a daughter. So again, if you have a daughter with autism and you are interested in being a guest on the podcast, please hit me up. I do have a couple people that I have spoken to recently who, um, we are are going to be guests in the future. So, but again, I am always looking for people with a story to share. So if you would like to connect with me, uh, you can find me on Facebook at Adventures in Autism Podcast, on Instagram at Adventures in Autism Pod, or you can email me at Adventures in Autism 2018 at yahoo.com. And again, Kristen was the very first listener to reach out to me and it just it meant so much to me and since then there have been many more listeners to have reached out and honestly every message and review 
all of it. It just, it means the world to me. And I'm so glad that you guys are enjoying the show um, and that it's helping. So if you are enjoying the show, please um, feel free to tell a friend to share on social media. Um, And also, if you could leave a review on Apple Podcast, that really does help people to find the show. And we just want to keep, keep it going. Keep keep it moving. So that is all for today. And I hope you enjoyed until next time. Take care.